Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Sensemaker. Hello, I'm Claudia and this is The Sensemaker. One story every day to make sense of the world. Today, caught in the middle, the hostage who's paying the price for a row between Britain and Iran. There's a street in London where the big government departments are based. It's a quiet street. And in the winter, the sun never quite gets below the third floor. So it's dark and it's chilly. It's just down the road from Downing Street, and the Houses of Parliament are right around the corner. It screams power and authority. The street is King Charles Street. There's the Foreign Office on one side and the Treasury on the other. And about halfway down the street, there are three tiny tents, some camping chairs, and a lot of painted pebbles scattered around, and some hand-painted signs, and a man on hunger strike. His name is Richard Ratcliffe. Well, everyone walking past to go in sees us. Um, and, and we're a visible eyesore. Um, and we're meant to be a shameful eyesore, if I'm honest. He's here because his wife, Nazanin Zaghari Ratcliffe, has been held hostage in Iran for five and a half years. The message that came to, to us from, uh, what well, came to her from the interrogator, said, listen, we're, we're holding you to, to make the British reach the agreement. If the British reach the agreement, you'll leave without charge. The agreement is, in a large part, a story about 1,500 tanks. Tanks that Iran bought from the British government. Tanks that were never in full delivered. And it's left Richard Ratcliffe and his wife Nazanin and their seven-year-old daughter Gabriella caught up in a colossal but largely hidden political problem. So why has the British government never paid a debt it owes to Iran? Let's go back a bit to Iran in 1979. Nazanin Zaghari is just a few months old and there's chaos everywhere. A revolution is underway. Fleeing the country is the Shah, or King of Iran. Arriving is a man called Ayatollah Khomeini. He's just flown back from exile in Paris. He's both a religious and a political leader. And most important of all, he is the figurehead of the Iranian Islamic Revolution. Khomeini, almost unknown outside of Iran just a few months ago, returned a hero. The man who from long distance had led the revolution to topple the Shah. Inside the airport terminal, Khomeini was greeted by scores... Just five days after the Ayatollah steps off his plane, the British government cancels a deal it signed with the Shah. It was to supply 1,500 chieftain tanks and 250 armoured vehicles to Iran. At the time, it was a contract worth around £300 million. And the Shah, oddly, had already paid every penny up front. The Shah was an enormously, enormously wealthy individual. And he didn't procure that wealth through his state salary. He procured that wealth by, I mean, when you are a despotic ruler, you get a cut of every transaction that the state does. Um, and that was particularly the case with arms deals for two reasons. One, because of- But with the Middle East in turmoil, the collapsed tank deal didn't get much attention. 
at least in the UK anyway. In Iran, they knew they were owed the money. Cue a decades-long standoff. Fast forward to 2013. Iranian officials who set out with UK visas issued by the Foreign Office come to this country to access the services of the commercial court. Iranian officials are given visas to come to London to try to resolve matters, but... On landing at Heathrow, their passports are removed from them, their visas are revoked, and they are detained for a number of days in two asylum centres. Not a particularly British way to resolve an issue, especially seeming we had only recently issued their visas. They're arrested and shoved in a detention centre, and a couple of days later, they are sent home. It's a public humiliation for the Iranians, and it triggers long-lasting consequences. Which brings us to 2016. Nazneen Zaghari is now Nazneen Zaghari Ratcliffe. She's married a Brit, Richard Ratcliffe. And she's back in Tehran for the Iranian New Year, when she's taken hostage. For the first 10 days, Richard Ratcliffe didn't know where his wife was, until it slowly became apparent that Iran's Revolutionary Guard had taken her. We didn't know why. It didn't make any sense at all. Um, and then we had the visit. She'd been accused of spying, and careless comments from Boris Johnson in 2017, then the Foreign Secretary, saying she was simply teaching people journalism, enabled Tehran to claim she was engaged in propaganda against the regime. So how is her case wrapped up in an arms deal signed in the 70s? Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The deals were negotiated um, in secret, as most of them still are today. That's Andrew Feinstein, who's written extensively about the global trade in arms. Hear his view on the UK-Iran tank deal. The entire milieu, the entire context within which these deals took place, um, raises so many red flags that as an anti-corruption investigator, simply looking at the context, I would say to myself that there is an incredibly high chance, and we're talking sort of 95% chance, that there would have been corruption in the deal. What I have heard is I have heard informal... Corruption on both sides or not, the British government has spent the best part of at least the last 20 years looking for ways not to pay. And if things aren't complicated enough, there's the issue of Iran's nuclear ambitions. Has Nazneen's fate been caught up in the diplomatic standoff between Tehran and those countries, the UK included, who are trying to limit Iran's nuclear ambitions in return for lifting economic sanctions? For Richard Ratcliffe, the problem is clear. Listen, this is simple transaction. His wife has become a bargaining chip in a diplomatic row. I think it's just the tank debt won't be sorted until part of a wider jigsaw. Um, and it's been you know, muddled into stuff it didn't need to be. We're now part of a $1 trillion problem. Um, However, there is a glimmer of hope. Boris Johnson is not opposed to paying the debt in principle. The Defence Secretary, Ben Wallace, is happy to pay too. If the new Foreign Secretary, Liz Truss, comes to the same conclusion... 
the three offices of state that matter in this affair, will be led by people who are willing to find a way to put the debt question to bed. Thanks for listening to The Sensemaker. Today's story was part of our other podcast, The Slow Newscast. And in this week's episode, Nazanin, Trapped in Whitehall, Carrie Thomas tries to understand just why the British government fought at every step to stop the debt being settled when it knows the money is due. The Slow Newscast is available on all podcasting platforms. Today's story was written and produced by Kerry Thomas and Imi Harper. The Sensemaker. 